Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Tuesday, August 3rd. We couldn't leave you hanging after a long weekend, so in our Motivational Monday segment on a Tuesday, we check in with Jackie Dumain, professional speaker, writer, transformational coach, and founder of The Elevation Code. Jackie tells us how we can get on track for reaching our goals and refocusing to a positive mindset. In a world where so many people have degrees and a wealth of experience, it's tough to set yourself apart from the pack. Well, one thing employers are looking for these days is what they call soft skills. Christina Schultz is a staffing specialist with About Staffing in Calgary and explains what a potential boss might be looking for. The travel industry continues to gear up for our return to jetting around the world, so we get the latest from an expert on prepping you and your family to travel again. The travel lady, Leslie Cater, tells us about her personal checklist. And instead of Shakespeare by the bow, this year it's Shakespeare on the go. Theatre Calgary artistic director Stafford Arima tells us how the traditional performance has been reimagined due to the pandemic. Time for our weekly segment aimed at helping you achieve your goals and live your best life. Well, we call it Motivational Monday, but this time out, obviously, on a Tuesday, thanks to the long weekend. And today we have the opportunity to speak with Jackie Dumain, who's a professional speaker, writer, transformational coach, and founder of The Elevation Code. Good morning, Jackie. Good morning. How are you this morning? Excellent. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, you know, after a long weekend, it's tough to get back to, you know, the usual work, whatever it might be for you. So first off, uh, before we get people motivated and ready to move on for this short work week, tell us about the Elevation Code. What exactly is it? The Elevation Code is a 90-day transformational coaching system that I created almost a decade ago now. And it really gives people a step-by-step process with 10 principles based on Eastern philosophy, actually, that people can apply into their life, into their parenting, into their career, into their business, to start really changing the way they think. When we start to elevate our thoughts or change the way we think, we can truly change the way we live and start to create some pretty massive transformation in our life. So when you say elevate our thoughts, does that mean just becoming a little more positive in the way we think as opposed to looking at to the negative first? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, it's, it's easy to default to the negative. And so many of us are, are programmed to do that, actually. And these 10 principles help you rewire that in a way so that your natural default becomes to see what's possible. You become more hopeful. You become a lot more motivated and um, inspired by what life has to offer you. Yeah. And I, you know, I think you're right. We, we often do default to the negative. There's just so much swirling around us at all times. So it takes a little practice perhaps to refocus. So what can we do? You've got some tips for us on how to stay present when you're experiencing overwhelm or you're, you're trying to, you know, keep yourself on track. What do we need to know? What do we need to do? Okay, so, you know, it's interesting how Motivational Monday is on a Tuesday (laughs) because we are going to talk a little bit about, like, time zones and which time zone are you living in. Many of us are watching the Olympics right now, so time zones might be in our minds. But typically, when we are working towards a goal or, you know, really just living through our day-to-day life, it's natural for us to want to default to either the past time zone or the future time zone. And I'll give you an example. You're typically living in the past time zone if 
you doubt most of your decisions after you make them. You find yourself asking, well, if only I had done this or only if I hadn't done that. Or you find yourself saying, I'll be happy when, right? I'll be happy when. Then you're moving into the future time zone. Um, you make up worst case scenarios. You're constantly searching for the next thing to do. And that robs us of the only time there is. And the only time there is is the present. It's right, right now. Mm. And when we're not focusing on the present, we truly rob our opportunity at experiencing joy, at feeling hope and energy and tapping into our intuition and opportunity and vitality. And so there's a few things that we can do to kind of snap us back in to the present when we're feeling maybe that sense of overwhelm or we're going off track with a goal. You know, we've got the fall and September coming up. It's when a lot of people make shifts and transformation in their lives. And so if that is you, um, if you find yourself working towards a goal and feeling off track or maybe fear shows up and you're starting to feel overwhelmed, the first thing to do, very, very simple, but yet most of us don't do it properly, is to breathe. Literally just to breathe. Take a deep, 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 full breath. Fill your lungs. Hold it at the top for a moment and then let it go. It'll immediately slap you, snap you back into the present. And that helps you become aware of what's happening around you right now. Mm -hmm. Not what's happening tomorrow, not what happened yesterday, but what's happening right now. And then that allows you to focus on, here's number two, so breathe. And then pick one thing in your life that's going right. Like literally in that moment, think, what's going right in my life? Because regardless of what's going on around us in the world, there's always, always something that's going right. Does it have to always. be a big thing? It can be something so little, Sue. It could be, you know what? I drove to work the entire way and I didn't spill coffee on myself this morning. <laughs> I managed to put my pants on the right way. <laughs> exactly. It could be, and I encourage you, look for the little things because too often we think we have to find big things. Yeah. And we're always surrounded by so many little things. You know, example, I'm, I'm in D.C. right now and it's smoky here. I could immediately think, you know, just think about the weather and what's tomorrow going to be like and what's Wednesday going to be like. Or I could say, you know what? I'm in B.C. I'm surrounded by friends. I'm surrounded by family. Um, I have so much here that I'm grateful for. I love that. And that, that rolls into gratitude. So we've all heard about the power of gratitude. So when we're in those moments of overwhelm, if we could think of three things we're grateful for. Three small things, as you said. It could be the way your lemon meringue pie tastes so citrusy and lemony. It could be, um, you know, a stranger saying hello to you. Again, just picking things that really shifts the way your energy feels. You know, I I, um, I just sorry, just I was going to jump in because it makes me yeah. think uh, back many years ago. I don't know if it was Oprah that sort of started this this phase about the gratitude journal. But do you really do you do you kind of buy into that? Do you think that's a good thing, not just to think about it, but sometimes to write it down too? I do, and I truly believe it was Oprah that started the gratitude journal. And I do keep a gratitude journal. It's it's actually called the five minute journal. Um, and it prompts you every single day to write down three things that you're grateful for. You certainly don't need to go out and buy like a specific journal. Any piece of paper will do. But when you write them down, I mean, let's let's think about what we're, we initially talked about. 
being pulled into the past or drifting into the future. When we're sitting down and writing down what we're grateful for, we can't help but be present. We are fully present in that moment. And so um, the best time to do this, it's when I do it, is first thing in the morning. I write down three things that I'm grateful for. And in the evening, I write down three amazing things that happened that day. And again, that can be something small, like, you know, finding the perfect parking spot or, um, you know, gosh, I mean. Playing the card game with your kids, right? Anything, anything at all. Yeah, having exactly. Finding things that went right. And what that helps you do when you know in the evening you're going to have to find or you're going to be writing down three things that went really well that day, it encourages you during the day to look for the good. Yeah, that mind shift, right? Before we let you go, because I want to let you get to this, I know it's an important one and I think it changes how we feel about ourselves and about other people. So let's touch on uh, a random act of kindness and how important that is. Absolutely. So, you know, stopping to breathe and becoming aware of the time zone we're living in, which we want to stay in the present. Those are all things that are internal for us. But now let's take action. So a random act of kindness, whether that's, you know, again, paying for the person's coffee behind you, leaving a handwritten note on a colleague's desk, showing appreciation, um, complimenting the grocery store clerk. And we all know our service providers could receive, you know, use a lot more compliments these days. That brings us instant joy, an instant sense of fulfillment, and it keeps us present. So as we're, you know, working towards our goals and dreams in our lives, um, if we can continue to live in that state of joy, um, we have the energy and the motivation to keep moving forward rather than getting stuck in the past. Absolutely perfect. Great way to start the week off for us. Thank you so much, Jackie. Appreciate your time. You're welcome. That is Jackie Dumain, speaker, writer, transformational coach. You can get more at JackieDumain.com, and it's spelled D-U-M-A-I-N-E, JackieDumain.com. And in a world where so many people have degrees and experience, it's tough to set yourself apart from the pack. Well, one thing employers are looking for right now is what they call soft skills. Christina Schultz is a staffing specialist with About Staffing here in Calgary and joins us now to discuss. Good morning, Christina. Good morning, Sue. How's it going? Excellent. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. This is obviously key right now. A lot of people trying to get back into the workforce. So what exactly are soft skills? Explain. Soft skills are more so the the personality traits and the the creative ability that we have in and around. You know, of course, the technical skills are those working within different softwares and navigating different uh, you know, different strengths and different weaknesses is, you know, more of the focus in and around the technical skills. The soft skills, you know, most commonly you see that in, you know, adaptability or communication, those, those strengths that we have in, you know, navigating the day-to-day without the technical skills that, that we harbor. Why are they so important, particularly right now? And would you say here in Alberta, particularly so? I would say, you know, Alberta is a province that is constantly navigating the ebb and flow of our economy and, and you know, the sectors that are really thriving and the sectors that are only surviving. So I think in Alberta, it certainly is more prominent than, than in other places. But, you know, coming out of this, this 
post-pandemic. I don't even know if I could say post-pandemic yeah. with wishful thinking, I guess. But everyone who's, you know, been, been affected by COVID is, is undergoing these transformations within their businesses, within their personal lives. And so as these businesses are navigating these transformations, you know, the demand for these people who can adapt, who can pivot, and who can, you know, operate within that constantly changing environment are those who are going to really thrive um, out there in, in the job-seeking space. So you're kind of talking here if two people were to apply for the same job and, and both had the same degree and, and perhaps both even had the same work experience, you would look to some of the other things that they possess personally that would set them apart. Definitely. You know, for, for example, if you're looking at two different people and you have one person who's very flexible, who's very adaptable, who, you know, has a good sense of emotional intelligence, I'm going to be more drawn as a, as a recruiter, as a staffing specialist, I'm going to be more drawn to, to them within my vetting process, given that if they're thrown into anything and everything, they're going to be able to pivot on the drop of a dime. They're going to be able to to thrive in that change. Whereas if you get someone who, you know, is really resistant to change or who's just really rigid in their ways, they're not necessarily going to have the same level of success as those who have that, that adaptability. Do you think we can learn to do some of those things if perhaps we're not as flexible as we need to be? Is that something we can work towards or, or is that something that maybe we show an employer we've got a willingness to learn? You know what? The willingness to learn goes above and beyond. I think without a doubt, there is room for, for improvements in that area. You can, you know, you're never going to be the best that you can possibly be. There's always room for growth. So even if you have great strengths in that adaptability or, you know, you, you love change, there's always room to improve in that. So, you know, those who are a little bit more reluctant to change and who are a little bit more concerned navigating the uncertainty, you know, with, with time, with the right coaching, training, mentorship, it's certainly something that can be gained. So if that's a soft skill, is the hard skill your degree, your diploma, whatever your experience is then? Yeah, so that would be more so the stuff that we have that that practical knowledge on that the more more the tangible things versus the the intangible. So which is more important or are they both equally so? You know what? I've always operated with the mentality that, you know, soft skills often do make or break the situation at hand, especially as a recruiter, you know, I can look at a resume and I can look at all of the, the education and the past experience and all of that, yes, is, is a necessity in order to execute the job at hand. But where you're really going to thrive is where you, you know, match in personality and working style of those around you. Do you highlight these soft skills to your employer or potential employer on your own? Do you wait for them to ask? And what's the way to, the best way to kind of go about that? You know, it's certainly seen more so nowadays on resumes and when people are, you know, through the application process, when they're showcasing who they are, the soft skills are one of the first things that really catches people's eyes. Again, you know, you might be one in a thousand people who are applying to the same job, all of which may have the same degree or the same certificate, the same experience. So the way that you differentiate yourself in a competitive job market is just that, by showcasing who you are as a person and some of the strengths that you have within your your soft skills versus those hard skills. You know, and and let's face it, people want personality. They want to see who you are because it's not only the job that you do, but it's it's who you are in the hallways with the rest of the staff too, right? I mean, it's it really is important. Well, here at About Staffing, we really pride ourselves on being the masters at matching culture, and and this speaks just to that that 
if you go into a working environment and you're miserable every single day, you don't get along with the people that you enjoy or the people that you work with, sorry, you're never going to be doing your best work. You're never going to be happy in your working environment. So finding a place where you are happy and where everyone else around you is happy and really enjoys the people around them and the work that they're doing that's ultimately where you're going to find the most success in anything and everything. Let's face it, a lot of people lost their jobs through this pandemic, so there are going to be a lot of people fighting for the same positions out there. So it, it, does it make sense? I mean, obviously, you're with About Staffing, so you, it makes sense for for people to go to your website, perhaps, and, and find some help in, in maybe getting that job, does it? You know what? It certainly doesn't. It doesn't hurt having someone in your corner fighting for you. Bottom line: someone who can help showcase to you how to sell yourself and how to differentiate yourself in a competitive market. There's also really great resources out there that can really showcase and, and educate people on how to differentiate themselves without that person. You know, there's platforms like JobShift.com that are ultimately they're designated and designed to be able to help educate, inform, and prepare going out into the job and into the, the job market. Does it cost money for us to, to contact about staffing and, and have you help us find a job? Absolutely not. About staffing is 100% free to the candidates that we work alongside. So certainly is a resource out there that is free. Um, ultimately, if you're looking at platforms like jobship.com, it is a subscription service that can be started and ended at any point in time for, you know, less than a cup of coffee. And, and we know right now Canadian businesses say they simply can't find employees because people don't have a lot of the skills that they're looking for. So this is a time now, if you are job hunting, to really to, to push the things that you do have, the personality that you have, the creativity or emotional intelligence and all those things that you mentioned. This is a key time to really try to stand out above the rest, right? Absolutely. I think it's now... Now's the best time to be able to actually be out there and showcasing who you are as a person versus just who you are on a piece of paper. Christina, we'll send folks to aboutstaffing.com. Thanks so much for joining us. Of course. No problem, Sue. Appreciate it. That's Christina Schultz, who's a staffing specialist with About Staffing. the travel industry continues to gear up for our return to jetting around the world once again. So how do we prep ourselves and our family for travel again? Well, we ask the expert. That's how we do it. We talk to the travel lady, <laughs> Leslie Cater. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning, Sue. Okay, so I mean, what do we do? I, I know you're, you're starting to gear up your industry, your office mm-hmm. as well. So are there things that we need to do to get ready when it happens? Yeah, you know, in the past, this I think this whole thing of impulse travel is going to change a lot. Um, I, I think when the travel advisory is lifted, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to want to get out. But before you even think of that, make sure you're prepared pre-reservation. So, for instance, make sure your passport's up to date. You know, I bet you, you haven't even thought about your passport Eesh. the last 18 months, right? No, I haven't. <laughs> yeah. So many countries require that you've got at least six months validity on your passport. And I hear that there are long delays in getting a passport now or getting a renewal. So take that passport out, check it out, see that it's uh, it's up to date. And, And then do some research about where you want to go. What do we, when we research where we want to go, what do we need to know? Are, I guess, are there certain rules and regs for different countries, especially when it comes to vaccinations, Leslie? Oh, yes, my word. And, and unfortunately, it's constantly changing. But um, look, let's say you're just going down to one destination. 
a lot easier, packaged holidays, flying out of Calgary, probably no big deal at all. But when you get into people going to Europe and they're going to multiple destinations, even within the EU, all of those countries may have slightly different protocols to go in, to go out. And uh, that's really important to check on. We've had a recent situation where a cruise, river cruise, starting in Hungary, Budapest, had Canadian passengers, but Hungary was saying no to Canadian passengers. So, you know, you can't rely on saying, oh, well, Mm -hmm. you know, Europe is open for us. It's not that case at all. And quickly, before we let you go, travel insurance, I mean, the potential to be sick, whether it's COVID or otherwise, right? Well, well, exactly right. I mean, at the moment as well, because of COVID, it's a known event. uh, So you can't get cover for that kind of um, situation unless you're going for over 31 days. But when the advisory is lifted, which we know it will be lifted, then just make it a top priority to get travel insurance. Make sure you're fully covered because uh, even just a a broken ankle can can set you back a lot, whether you're in the States or whether you're in the EU. I've put together a couple of checklists, Mm -hmm. um, Sue, which are on my website. There's a pre-reservation and also a pre-departure. Perfect. Just handy, keep those in mind because uh, the devil is in the detail. Okay, perfect. And that's at thetravellady.ca. Always appreciate talking to you. Thanks, Leslie. Thanks so much, Sue. Have a good day. You too. Leslie Cater is the Travel Lady. We're at the start of the annual Perseid meteor shower and tell us all about it. We're joined this morning by the backyard astronomer, Gary Boyle. Good morning, Gary. Good morning, Sue. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. This is an annual event, right? How do we know when these meteors are actually going to be coming? Well, meteor showers are created from comets that round the sun and head back into into far um, into far space. And in this case, it's Comet Swift Tuttle that last visit in 1992 in its 133-year trek. So, as comets come close to the sun, of course, they glow. They have these beautiful long tails. Most of them do, these dust tails. And that's really debris that's left in space, something like confetti flying off a truck down, down, down the highway. So this de- debris field now is left in space, and as Earth circles the sun once a year, as we cross the finish line on, on, a, on a race, we encounter this debris field. So that's why any meteor shower, yearly shower, occurs the same time each year. Fascinating. Okay, so are any of them dangerous? Do we need to be concerned about this at all? Oh, definitely not. The average size is the uh, is that of, of a grain of sand that's uh, vaporizing in the upper atmosphere about 60 kilometers per second and about 90 kilometers high. And the great thing about the Perseids, too, is other than the sand-sized particles, we have some gravel size, which will produce some fireballs. So on the night of 11th into the morning, the 12th, and the 12th into 13th, two nights, uh, we should see about 50 to 60 meteors per hour. Wow. So if people can get out of, out of the city into the countryside, bring some friends, socially distance, bring snacks, uh, look up, enjoy the stars, listen to the crickets and frogs, and just release your mind from all worries. I mean, nature has a wonderful way of alleviating anxiety and stress. Yeah, you're not kidding. I, I can picture myself lying back and watching it now. So 11, 12, 13, that's sort of the peak of it all. So is, is it really just all about getting out of the bright lights of the city so that we can kind of get a, a, a clearer view of this? Uh, exactly, exactly. Because they are 
some are, are faint. I mean, they're not, they're not all fireballs. And being in the city with light pollution, you do have obstructions, trees and buildings, whatnot. So if you can, people are going to cottages, it's vacation time or, or camping. And the great thing about this year is that new moon is on the 8th of the month, which means the crescent moon will set about within a couple of hours after sunset. So no interference with moonlight. Next year we'll have full moon. So, and we do know, of course, it's, it's a weather-driven event. So who knows, you might get uh, an extra chance five, six years from now. Okay, so can I, do I need any kind of a telescope, anything like that? Or is it just, you know, visible, you can lie back on the ground and have a look? Exactly, exactly. Awesome. And, uh, it's, 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 it's plan B. Just look up, uh, enjoy. And um, words cannot describe seeing fireballs and, and meteors in the sky. It's a truly... Uh, natural event that everyone should experience once in their life. Sounds spectacular. If it's too smoky or too cloudy or we can't quite do it, is there a, somewhere online we can get a glimpse of the Perseid? Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe spaceweather.com. Okay. They sometimes have, but I mean, uh, again, it's, it's a telescope looking at one area of sky. Uh, usually pings or radar so you can hear them, but uh, visual is the best. Love it. Thank you so much, Gary. We'll be watching. Appreciate your time. Take care, Sue. Thank you. You too. That is Gary Boyle. He is the backyard astronomer, and you can find him on social media at Astro Educator. Shakespeare on the Bow. Well, it's back this year, but with a twist. Shakespeare on the Go is now in full swing. And to tell us about the new look, we're joined this morning by Stafford Arima, who is the Artistic Director of Theatre Calgary. Morning, Stafford. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, friend. Uh, you know what? We have seen some good things come out of this pandemic, and I might say this would be an example of that. Tell us about Shakespeare on the go and what Calgarians can get out of it. Well, you know, what is so exciting about Shakespeare on the go uh, is that we finally can return to that live performance experience mm. that theater is really all about. It's all about the connection between audience and artist. And with these uh, three kind of pods, Shakespeare pods, that basically are going to be popping up throughout multiple locations uh, in Calgary and the kind of vicinity of Calgary, this is a real opportunity for us to once again be reconnected with that live performance theater energy. Super cool. So three different casts of three actors all performing what? So basically we have three casts, so three actors each. We've got nine amazing artists who are bringing Shakespeare to life, and it's all on a variation on a theme within the comedy of errors. One of the bards, um, you know, hilarious pieces about mistaken identity. And so each one of these pods roam throughout Calgary, and you can find out where we're going to be specifically if you go to our website, theatercalgary.com, but you will experience a 45 to 50 minute kind of Shakespearean morsel of comedy of errors with humor, with lightness, with entertainment, and get a chance to experience the Bard. Um, you know, it could be at the Calgary, one of the Calgary Public Libraries. It could be at the Lawheed House. Um, I know we're going to be at Container Heritage Park. Um, it's just a real great opportunity uh, to experience uh, live theater and also for Free. You know, if there's no uh, admission, the, the pods pop up, you, you bring your chair, you sit there for 50 minutes and experience something really fun and entertaining. I happen to be a huge fan. I loved Shakespeare. I, you know, in university, one of my favorite parts of the English program. But what about people who are sitting at home going, oh, God, I hated it when I was in grade nine. Now, what do you say to them? 
you know what's great about Shakespeare, and I think once you get over the initial kind of, you know, fear factor of it all, is that these little morsels of Shakespeare are just so inviting and engaging. And, you know, it's, it's, the language is something that inevitably, yes, one might be a little, a little nervous about the language, but when you have performers who not only understand the language, but through the great direction of Rinalta Arluk, who was the director of all three pods, you know, in many ways you can experience it, it almost as if you don't, you don't know what they're saying because the action and this, this, the kind of narrative is that clear and concise. And because they are only between 45 and 50 minutes, we've done a great way of adapting the story, uh, you know, in a kind of, in a morsel-sized bit that makes it completely accessible. It's such a great way to take it to the people. I love that you're doing this. And let's face it, you know, any kind of entertainment like this has been really hard hit over the past year and a half. So folks, they want to go watch it. They can also text to donate and help out too. Absolutely, absolutely. And check out the website because that'll tell you all where we're going to be basically popping up throughout Calgary. Perfect. TheatreCalgary.com. Thank you so much for joining us, Stafford. Appreciate your time. Good luck. Thank you. Stay safe, friend. I guess I should say break a leg. That's what you do in the theatre world. Thanks, Stafford. Take care. Stafford Arima is the Artistic Director of Theatre Calgary. And again, go online, theatrecalgary.com. Thanks for downloading and listening to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review for free at Apple Podcast, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts. And tune in to Mornings with Sue and Andy from 530 to 9 every weekday morning on 770 CHQR.